This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's Shabbat message is by myself, entitled Wilderness of the Peoples. You can find all of our archived Shabbat messages wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also find them at our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. You can also read my dad's weekly essays that he puts up there, and you can get them in your email if you put your little e- your email in the little email subscribe box there. And as always, our theme music is by my buddy, Evan Shaw. His website is evanshawmusic.com. Enjoy. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does not away. The soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your all right shabbat shalom everyone so we're gonna go to deuteronomy this week's tour portion is in deuteronomy chapter one and i'm gonna start there and then we're gonna go to ezekiel and hopefully i can draw some parallels to uh then later on and now um because as you guys probably all have read and seen and know, you know, scripturally, things happen cyclically over and over. And it's kind of lessons learned, the paradigm beginning in the, in the garden, and then everything keeps on getting kind of repeated as you have Israel coming out of Egypt. That's the biggest paradigm, the model of, of the way things work and how God's people operate and then... You have the Babylonian exile, then when they come back again, and then when Yeshua is on the scene and the destruction of the temple again, and then what will happen uh, with Revelation in the end of days. And um, some of that's talked about in Ezekiel. So I think it's really important, especially in this day and age where we seem to see things happening on a rapid scale. Whether or not Yeshua will tarry or he will return soon, nobody knows, but... Either way, it behooves us to know the scriptures and uh, and not only just to know the scriptures and, and know you know the times as Yeshua tells us, but but how to act. Kind of like I talked about in my last message a couple weeks ago, when Yeshua was tempted by the devil, he went straight to scripture, and so that needs to be our foundational basis from which we operate, understand, look at, raise our families. Blah blah blah. So let's pray, and then we'll we'll read this and shoot and uh, and get into this. Heavenly Father God, thank you uh, for this day, for this Shabbat, for your Word. Time to be together. I pray that you would just uh, teach us through your Word, that we would uh, learn it, internalize it, look at ourselves, uh, grow, raise our families, teach them, and uh, be lights in the world. In Yeshua's name, I pray. Amen. Um, so this message, more than anything, was, you know, is just what has convicted and impacted me, um, just in my own life, because I, I don't know, you can, I feel like if you pay attention to the world too much, it just beats you down mentally. <laughs> so I don't know, part of me, you know, wants to pay attention to what's going on and be able to have answers and be able to, but I think more than anything we need to be wrapped up in the word of god and 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 just focused on that and i have to constantly remind myself of that 
uh, and not let this world and this life get in the way of that because everything it seems is always vying for my attention, my time, my energies, my efforts, you know, all these things. And, and most of, well, I was gonna say, most of it's self-inflicted. <laughs> I would say probably 99% is self-inflicted. And so, you know, it's the same story in the Bible when we read about, you know, the Israelites when they come out of the, out of Egypt and then when they, you know, going into land and then in, in Ezekiel when the, he's warning them of what's coming with uh, Israel is going to go into captivity, Bab, uh, the Judah is going to go out into captivity and he's warning them and then he gives them this future look of, of what happened. So, so in um, Deuteronomy chapter 1, I want to start out... Um, uh in in well, let's start in uh uh i don't know verse we'll start in deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 20 and we uh we want to read um read down not the whole chapter but but most probably through like 36 37 and i said unto you verse 20 Ye are come unto the mountain of the amorites with Yehovah our god doth give unto us behold Yehovah thy god has sent uh, the land, set the land before thee, go up and possess it. As Jehovah God of the Father said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and into the cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe. And they turned and went up into the mountain, and came to the valley of Achol, and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us and brought us word again and said, It's a good land, which you have our God to give us us. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of Yehovah your God. And ye murmured in your tents and said, Because Yehovah hateth us, he hath turned us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we, and the cities are great and walled up to the heaven. Moreover, we've seen the son of the Anakims there. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. And Yehovah your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness, where thou hast seen how that Yehovah doth bear thee, as a man doth bear his son, all the way that you went, until you came into this place. Yet, in this thing, ye did not believe Yehovah your God who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, in a fire by night to show you by day where you should go and in a cloud by day, uh, to show you by what way you should go and in a cloud by day. And Yehovah heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swore, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see the good land which I swore unto your fathers, save Caleb the son of Yephunah. He shall see it. And him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon, and to his children. Why? Because he hath wholly followed Yehovah. Also Yehovah was angry with me for your sakes, saying, Thou, shalt all, uh, thou also shalt not go in thither. But Joshua the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, which you said, will be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they shall go in thither unto them, will I give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn you, and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. So Moses is recounting what happened. And basically, they got all the way there, 
and they and they send spies in. They say it's good, but they say there's uh, you know the Amorites in there and they're tall and strong. And they say, why did you bring us up to kill us? You know, first in the wilderness and then in the land. And what I want us to see is what we're going to read in Ezekiel, and I believe is going to be the same pattern now, is that through all of this, and in, and then as I reflect on my own life, we tend to get wrapped up with, with ourselves and our own individual lives and what's going on and what's going on in the world around us. But really, it's a constant process of God dealing with, refining, and working on his own people. Like, that's the whole point, is his people, how are his people acting, reacting, what are they doing, are they listening, are they obeying? And so it's easy to get focused on the world, my own ups and downs, woes, whatever, what's going on, but in reality, it's is, are, are, am I being like Caleb because he hath wholly followed Yehovah? You know, even Moses didn't get it, go in. It's like, I, that always is blowing my mind. It's like, where's the justice in that? You know, this poor guy goes through all this. He gets pissed off one time and hits a rock and can't go in. Are you kidding? But he doesn't. And that's, God knows. And, and so that's what it is. So, you know, I'm nothing even anywhere will ever be anything like Moses. So. You know, well, what are my chances to go in, so to speak? Not that I'm talking about ever going, you know. But you know what I mean. It's like, are we as the children of Israel in today's day and age learning the lessons of coming out of the exile? I don't know that we are. I think we think we are because now we, you know, we don't go to church on Sunday anymore. But... But I think, you know, we've got a long, long way to go and we don't even know where we are at. And so, but we oftentimes, I often think, you know, we think we've arrived and then we get, then we get re-enamored oftentimes with, and are trying to shed the baggage of, of living in Egypt, you know, living in Babylon, like we live in, with the cares of this world, of life, the things we want, the places we want to go, the things we want to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, why did you bring us out and make us suffer? And so this pattern continues. And so only Caleb and Joshua get to go in out of all the men over 20. You know, I mean, that's just crazy. So the oldest people you would have had were that went into the land were, were, were Caleb and Joshua. Everybody else were, uh, would have been 40 years and old and younger, if I'm right on that. And so, you know, a whole lot of people had to die. So now, with all of that as kind of the backdrop, let's go up to Ezekiel chapter 20. So again, kind of my whole point in all of this is as the people of God, what our focus should be. I don't think it should be on getting rescued, so to speak from the world. I don't think it should be on trying to get into the promised land because I believe that's just something God does anyway in spite of us. And I don't think it should be on uh, even like the wilderness journey, whatever that is. 
you know, whether there's going to be a physical journey. I think the focus needs to be in what God was trying to get the people in the wilderness to see, and even us, and when it's going to happen again, is, you know, what are all of us as individuals doing before God? Are we being, are we wholly following uh, God as Joshua and Caleb did, wholly following the Lord? So, let's see. I want to go and... Um, Ah, so Ezekiel 20, and um, I don't know that I want to read the whole chapter. I mean, it's really good, but yeah, I guess we could just read, read the whole thing. Well, basically, he's kind of recounting, uh, well, it is, whatever, we'll just read most of it. Chapter 20, came to pass in the seventh year in the fifth of the month, in the tenth day of the month, the certain elders of Israel came to inquire of Yahweh and sat before me. So here you have Ezekiel. You have the elders of Israel coming before them and they want to ask him questions. They want to inquire of God. And basically right now at this point, Israel is just steeped in idolatry. They're not obeying God. They're just a disaster. The kingdom's divided and they're about to go into exile. And they're going to come and they want to talk to God and ask him. So again, kind of put ourselves in that. Like Christians, believers, whoever, people who call themselves at the name of God, and we want to we hear from the Lord, we want a word from the Lord, we want to get information, we think we're special. And I want to say, and in, in, in just even, and this is more convicting to my own life, it's like, no, you, you're, we're, we've missed the whole point, and that yet we're speak, seeking, we've missed the whole thrust of what I'm trying to teach you, yet you're wanting to be treated specially. It's kind of like in my own family, it's like, God's, I, I don't think God's concerned so much about the world. He's just going to judge the world for what the world is. The world is what the world is. But like my own family, I'm not worried about all the neighbors. I mean, I am. I care about them if it, as far as it affects my family to some degree. But what I care about is how my kids conduct and live their lives and whether I obey my words. And so it's the same thing for God's people. And so you have the elders of Israel thinking they're something hot and awesome. And God's going to basically lay out what actually the rotten foundations are that they're, you know, they don't even have. So it came to pass in the seventh year and the fifth month, certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of Yahweh and sat before me. Then came the word of Yahweh before me, saying, Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, are you come to inquire of me? As I live, saith the Lord Yahweh, I will not be of inquired by you. Wilt thou judge them? Uh, wilt thou judge them, son of man? Wilt thou judge them? Cause them to know the abominations of their fathers. And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord Yehovah, In the day that when I chose Israel and lifted up my hand unto the seed of the house of Jacob and made myself known unto them in the land of Egypt, when I lifted up my hand unto them, saying, I am Yehovah your God. In the day that I lifted up my hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I had espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands, then I said unto them, Cast ye away every man the abomination of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am Yehovah your God. But they rebelled against me, and would not hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. I think it's interesting how he talks about, you know, they could be the same, same thing, but I don't think it's a, without importance that the Bible specifies the abominations of their eyes and their, the, the idols. So you have 
that which is in their heart and their mind and their eyes that they lust after that con controls them and that they want. And then there's the physical either representations of that or the physical other physical things that are in their lives. And they don't want to give those things up to follow God when he's bringing them out of <coughs> exile, out of control, trying to bring them to where he wants them to be. And they don't want to leave behind who and what they've been, basically. Can you see the parallels today is my point. That's kind of where I'm trying to go with this. Okay, that's also why I believe that God, through Ezekiel, is telling them all this. They're coming, they want to inquire of him, they want to get information. And then, he's, and then he, he, all he does is he sends them right back to what we just read in Deuteronomy. And then he's going to get into, and this is what's going to happen in the future again with you people. And God's going to deal with you. And I think that's where we are. We're in this latter half of the portion of this chapter of Ezekiel 20. But it's built on the understanding of the abominations of our fathers that we, I think, keep dragged along. I keep dragged along with me. So, keep going. Uh, eight. And they rebelled against me and would not hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abominations of our eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them. Again, God's concerned about the people. He's not, he's not destroying Egypt. I mean, he did. But, but he's really, it all has to do with his people. To accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. And I wrought for my namesake that it should not be polluted before the heathen among whom they were, in whose sight I made myself known unto them in bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt. Wherefore I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. And I gave them my statue. So what's the point? And he's going to tell us later on. So if you, didn't, if you noticed there, he was trying to get them to leave these abominations of their eyes and their idols in the land of Egypt. But they couldn't and they wouldn't. So, so he's got to bring them out of that, right? Then, 11, I gave them my statutes, showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. Moreover, I gave them thy Sabbath to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am Yehovah that sanctified them. So it is a sign to know that it is God who sanctifies us, sets us apart, not by something make ourselves. And the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statue. So that place which was supposed to be a purifying, purging, cleansing experience, they, he had to kill them. <laughs> So I think the lesson of the wilderness, let's jump to the end. The lesson of the wilderness is it's a place that purifies you, cleanses you, or kills you. There's not really any in between. And anyway, okay, we'll keep going. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes, and they despised my judgments, which man do, he shall live in them. And my Sabbath, they greatly polluted. And I said, I will pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. But I wrought for my namesake that it should not be polluted before the heathen in whose sight I brought them out. Yet also I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land uh, which I had given unto them, flowing with milk and honey and the glory of all lands, because they despised my judgments, again, and walked not in my statutes, and polluted my Sabbaths, and their heart went after idols. And notice the progression there. Inside them, they despise my judgments. That's inside your mind, inside your heart, and your thoughts. Therefore, they wouldn't walk. They didn't change their behavior. And, and they, which then pollutes the Sabbath, which, and then leads back in the cyclical uh, cycle to where their heart then just keeps going 
even further after their own idols. The things that they create which are in their own heart and mind. Nevertheless, mine eye spared them from destroying them. Neither did I make an end of them in the wilderness, but I said unto their children in the wilderness, Walk ye not in the statutes of your fathers, neither observe your judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. I am Yehovah your God. Walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. Hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am Yehovah your God. Notwithstanding, the children rebelled against me. They walked not to my statutes, neither kept my judgments to do them, which a man do, he shall live in them. Third time he says that. They polluted my Sabbaths. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. Nevertheless, I withdrew my hand, and I wrought... Uh, for my name's sake, that it should not be polluted in the sight of the heathen, in whose sight I am brought them forth. And I lift up my hand unto them also in the wilderness, that I would scatter them among the heathen, and disperse them throughout the countries, because they had not executed my judgments, but had despised my statutes, and had polluted my Sabbaths, and their eyes were after their father's idols. So that's always the pattern. If they don't turn in their heart, in their own mind, to serve and obey God, keep his statutes, and honor Sabbaths, he scatters them. It's a good thing your father has no idols. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 25. Wherefore I gave them also statutes that were not good, and judgments whereby they should not live. Isn't that interesting? So we tend to think God is good, he's loving, and he's our friend in our pocket, and he actually turns into our worst enemy if we won't obey him. And he'll actually give us judgments and statutes that aren't good for us and that kill us. <laughs> 26, I polluted them in their own gifts and that they caused to pass through the fire all that openeth the womb, that I might make them desolate to the end that they might know that I am Jehovah. So he has to bring them down to the end of themselves. Therefore, son of man, speak to the house. So now he, okay, so he recounts the history and now he's gonna give the message to these elders that came to talk to him. Therefore, son of man, speaking to the house of Israel, and say unto them, thus saith the Lord Yahweh, Yet in this your fathers have blasphemed me, in that they have committed a trespass against me. For when I had brought them into the land for which I lifted up mine hand to give it to them, then they saw on every high hill and all the thick trees, and they offered their sacrifices, and there they presented their provocations and their offerings, and there also they made their sweet savor and poured out their drink offerings. And then I said unto them, What is the high place whereunto you go? The name thereof is Baham. Uh, Bama unto this day. Wherefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Are ye polluted after the manner of your fathers, and commit ye whoredom after their abominations? For when you offer gifts, when ye make your sons a path through the fire, you pollute yourselves with all your idols, even unto this day. And shall I be inquired of by you, O house of Israel? As I live, saith the Lord Jehovah, I will not be inquired of by you. And that which cometh into your midst shall not be at all when you say, We will be as the heathen, as the families of the countries, to serve wood and stone. So they want to be like everybody else. They want to be, they want to have it all. They want to have it both ways. And so they finally get into the land and they corrupt themselves again with the idols of their heart and the patterns that have been passed down by their forefathers. So there's going to be the same cycle happening again. So. Uh, talking, I believe, about the future, and I believe in what maybe is even the beginnings of right now, is is what we're going to get into starting starting here. So, verse thirty three: As I live, saith the Lord Yahweh, surely with a mighty hand, 
And with an outstretched out arm and with fury poured out will I rule over you. And I will bring you out from the people and will gather you out of the country wherein ye are scattered. And with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out. So we tend to be all excited, right, about coming out of the people and going, you know, God's going to finally gather us. It's, it's good and it's bad because... Can you see? He's like, I'm going to bring you out with fury poured out in a mighty hand. And 35. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people. I don't know where that is, what that is. I personally don't think it's a place. I think it is a... It's, it's something that God's doing, I don't know, in kind of in the midst of everything, wherever they all are. But the whole point is to purify and to purge his people and to cleanse them from all the abominations and the problems that they have. It's not to, you know, rapture all his people so that he can finally whack the world a good one. That's like a byproduct. It's it's to deal with his people. So with fury poured out and an outstretched arm, good catch. And I will bring you out of the people and will gather you out of the countries where you've been scattered with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people. There I will plead with you face to face, like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness in the land of Egypt. So will I plead with you, saith the Lord Yahweh. And I will cause... This isn't good stuff. Like, this is... This is judgment. Okay? So... Anyway. And I will cause you to pass under the rod. So cause you to pass under the rod. That's what would happen when they would, when sheep would leave one pasture and 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 go into the another one, and uh, either every tenth one would be the tithe for God, or so that they could analyze them all when they would go under. If they were blemished, right? If they were impure, they would they would be they would be taken out. So I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge out from among you. And I will thirty-eight. I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. And I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am Yahovah. So he's going to bring us into the wilderness of the people. I don't really think that's a place. I think that's a time frame. I don't know what you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. He's going to make us pass under the rod, bring under the covenant, and purge the rebels from among you, those that transgress forth against me, and bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel. So you're going to have this great winnowing of God's people before this all happens. It's, it's a good and a bad thing all at the same time. And so... I guess my point in all this is, you know, we can't just be doing my message for me. We can't just be doing the same thing that we've always been doing. And I don't know what exactly that looks like for each individual person. And I don't have a list of steps and things to do to magically get you in the right position because it starts in the heart condition and the mind and the spirit of the individual that then gets fleshed out and how they do what they live and it, this isn't an easy thing because we live in a time of mixture and we're trying to inqu- inqu- be inqu- uh, inquire of God 
But God doesn't want to be inquired of. He's already given us his message and his statutes and his laws and his Sabbaths. And if we will start to turn back to them, I believe that's where wisdom will be poured out. Judgment will be poured out. Discretion will be poured out on his people so that then we can be purified as he then removes us physically from where we are to go back to the land whenever, however that is. But it's going to be a tumultuous process. And I think it's going to be a lot worse than everybody's thinking it's going to be. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. To me, I'm not necessarily looking forward to it in a way. Although I don't want to stay here forever either. I want to, you know, get out of the exile. But I think we're in the wilderness of the people and God just pur is purging us now. Um, so we, I guess my whole point is, you know, we need to try to be like Joshua and Caleb, who wholly, they're the only two that got to go into the land and those that were innocent, essentially. And so, you know, what does that mean? How does that, you know, pan out and flesh out? I'm not 100% sure, but it, it takes soul searching, I think, on our part. Uh, let's see here. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh. <laughs> all right. So let's keep going here. They um, certainly shall not enter the land. Okay, verse thirty-nine. As for you, O house of Israel, thus saith the Lord Yehovah God, Yehovah, go ye, serve ye every one of his idols, and hereafter also, if ye will not hearken unto me. But pollute ye my holy name no more with your gifts and your idols. For in my holy mountain, and in the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord Yehovah, there shall of all the house of Israel and all them of the land serve me. There will I accept them, and there that will I require your offerings and your first fruits of your oblations and all your holy offerings. And I will accept you with your sweet savor when I bring you out of the people and gather you out of the country where you've been scattered. And I will be sanctified in you before the heathen. And ye shall know that I am Yehovah when I shall bring you into the land of Israel, into the country for the which I lifted up my hand to give it to your fathers. And there you shall remember your ways and all your doings, wherein you've been defiled. And ye shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for all your evils that you have committed. I don't know that there's much loathing going on. And this is like at the end, when they actually get back into the end, they're going to loathe themselves. And you shall know that I am Yehovah when I have wrought with you for my name's sake, not according to your wicked ways. In other words, he didn't deal with them how he should have. He should have just wiped them all out. Nor according to your corrupt doings, O ye house of Israel, saith the Lord Yehovah. So, that's kind of it. <laughs> but that was what I got thinking about when I read the Torah portion and how, you know, God was going to bring them into the land, but, you know, basically attempting it for a second time after they said they didn't want to go in and wish they had been left in in Egypt. And so, I don't know, I don't know how to, like, think about all of it entirely in relation to my own life and where things are at, but except that, you know, we're supposed to wholly follow God and to to continually be, we need a mindset and a heart mindset that just positionally will will get us focused more on God, so that 
as we look at our own lives, as we look at things to bring into our lives and not bring into our lives, we can weigh them with wisdom so that we do not get led further astray. And um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father God, thank you for this day, for your word, for the truth of it, for all that you do and provide. Help us just to serve and obey you and uh, be in your word. Uh, Let it be transformed by it. That one day we would be brought out, out of where we are into your glorious land and you would rule and reign. That is truly what we want, but there's going to be a, mm, a tr- tough purging that will happen in the, in the process, God. And so we, I, I just pray that we would be focused more on that instead of on uh, just, just the end, you know, pixie dust and rainbows, but, but more what's, what, has to happen to get there in your own people and our hearts and our lives and i think that's why yeshua is ministry uh, everything you taught us in the in the new covenant scriptures that uh, really focused on what we were doing in the day-to-day in our own lives and our fellow man and our communities and you know if our lives are a, how, how are we expect to shine as a shining light on a hill when our lives and our own minds are a disaster so just help us i pray god working in through our hearts and lives. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Hey, mighty warriors around.